Blog Talk Radio. notice that God is all around you in everyone and everything? What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. I hope you're ready to say yes to spirit, because Leslie and Tracy are. I am. I can say I am. (laughs) Welcome. This is Say Yes to Spirit on Blog Talk Radio, encouraging you on your spiritual path. And today our focus is going to be on faith. What does it look what really? What think about it? What does it look like to walk in faith in our daily lives? How do you know when faith is leading you through your day? What are some of the big challenges with faith? What gets in the way of you really applying faith to your life and saying yes to spirit? That's a little bit of the direction we'll be taking today. And if you'd like to dial in with a comment or a question during the show, please um, dial area code 347-850-1523. We're going to take a 30-second break, and we'll come back. We have a caller on the line. We'll talk to our caller, and then we will talk more about faith. Encouraging you on your spiritual path. We have a caller from area code 305. Caller, are you there? Ah, caller is no longer there. Please feel free to dial back in if you would like. Um, Leslie, let's talk about, we always try to take a few minutes at the beginning of the show and connect the dots. What did we talk about last week? We talked about, uh, I was going to say love. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was love. Yeah. When I thought about love and what would love do throughout my week, and um, I really do believe that when I can ask myself that simple question, and, you know, we connected it back to those bracelets, what would Jesus do? I mean, anything that can remind me to do that in real time, what would love do? Oh, yeah. does indeed make a real difference for me. And I think that's really kind of been good for me throughout the week to remind myself of that question, what would love do? Yeah, and that's that's the real challenge. That's the real challenge when things are going um, a little crazy <laughs> and, uh, you know, or you want to react to something that someone has is doing or has said in your presence. It's like, how can I react, how can I respond to that mm-hmm. and make sure that love is my guide rather than just react to it or gossip about it or right. blame them for making my life difficult? And I do love that question, what would love do? So, great. Well, today we're going to talk about faith, and I love this quotation by Martin Luther. Not Martin Luther King, but Mm -hmm. Martin Luther. Mm -hmm. Faith is a living, daring confidence in God's grace, so sure and certain that a man could stake his life on it a thousand times. 
Mm. Faith is a living, daring confidence in God's grace, so sure and certain that a man could stake his life on it a thousand times. And I love that because so often, you know, when we talk about faith or we ask the question of someone, do you have faith, or we even ask ourselves, how do I really know I have faith? Mm -hmm. You know, faith is, is that sense, that confidence. I love the word confidence, that what I believe is true or what I believe in will happen. Yes, and it's interesting. Um, yesterday at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas, Texas, when I say CSL, Tracy says, what is CSL? So I'll say Center for Spiritual Living. Um, the choir sang the song, uh, It Is Well With My Soul. Uh, yeah. Now maybe I should check my facts before I just start saying them on the radio here, but my understanding of the the writer of that song was that he wrote that song um, coming in over the ocean on a ship from England to America after his wife and daughter had come over and their ship had um, uh, sunk and they had died. And so at the time that he was coming over, in the, in the midst of his journey through the ocean is when he got the words um, and he heard the words, it is well with my soul. So he was in the middle of that upheaval and that crisis of having lost the people that were most dear to him. And he was saying, you know, when those horrible things happen, I know it is well with my soul. And that, to me, is like that rock-solid faith that that I, you know, hope to have and look for for myself and challenge myself when bad things happen. You know, when I um, lost my job, one of my spiritual teachers, Reverend Beatrice, that very day was like, this is the best thing ever. This is the best thing ever. And I'm like, are you a nut? Right, Did you right. not hear yes, what I just sure. said? <laughs> you know? But, I mean, in her mind and how she lives her life, anything that happens, this is the best thing ever. You know, it is well with her soul, and she just absolutely knows that. So that's my that's my hope for myself is that, you know, whatever's going on externally, that I get that it is well with my soul. Right. And having faith, or when, you know when you have faith, when you really can walk in that. And you are right, of course, um, so it's, Technology is a wonderful thing. Thank you. So, you know, we go to uh, Miss Google, who then takes us to Mr. Wikipedia, that tells us the story of the um, hymnist Horatio Stafford, who wrote the lyrics, who wrote the words for It Is Well With My Soul. And not only the the part that you talked about, um, there were other... Wow, several traumatic events in Stafford's life. The first was the death of his only son in 1871, Mm -hmm. shortly followed by the Great Chicago Fire, which ruined him financially. He had been a successful lawyer before then. And then two years later, he had planned to travel to Europe with his family, but sent the family ahead while he was delayed on business. And while crossing the Atlantic That ship sank rapidly after a collision, and all four of his daughters died. Mm, Unbelievable. Wow. Wow. And so his wife survived. Oh, his wife survived. And sent him the now famous telegram, you know, where you had to be really um, concise with words and, you know, when you get telegrams. Oh, you know, number. Right. Okay. And so her telegram said, saved alone. And then as he traveled to meet his oh. grieving wife, he was inspired to write the words. And now, you know, that's really funny because so many of the hymns mm-hmm. that are sung in spiritual settings, regardless of language, regardless of faith practice, you know, so many of the hymns have a story. And yesterday also, um, you know, in Hearing Amazing Grace uh-huh. and the story about the person who wrote that, writing it after having been a slave trader. Okay, and I don't know that And then coming to a different place in his life, really realizing how he felt badly about, you know, enslaving people and the way they had treated the slaves and the crossings and all of that. And so, so many of these hymns, that means so much to us. Uh-huh. It makes sense that they came from tragedy, and they then tell us the story or inspire us to connect into that 
that deep, deep faith that says everything really is okay. And there's not anything to be forgiven. It's all supposed to happen the way it mm-hmm. does, and it does not have to destroy mm-hmm. our faith in spirit and in God. And it's a process of, you know, staying there. I think, you know, we get glimpses of it. And, again, how do we how do we encourage each other? The songs are certainly a, a powerful thing. And I love to hear the stories behind the songs. And then I come back to, again, telling each other our own stories, you know, encouraging each other. Um, I know a lot of time when something tragic happens to somebody, a lot of our natural reaction is we just withdraw because we don't know what to say. Yes. Like if somebody somebody die or somebody has some tragedy occur in their life and they're thinking, oh, I need to reach out to Sally Sue, but oh, I don't know what to say to Sally Sue. I'm sure Sally Sue's upset. I don't, you know, I don't want to add to her upset. And it's the most amazing thing in in times of our greatest need how sometimes, you know, those of us around each other kind of bottle up and go away. Even though in our minds we want to support them, we just don't know how. And... Um, and I really always encourage people, there's no right or wrong thing to say, just being present. And again, I think that's what God does, is God is is just present. He like bears, God, there I go saying he, got myself. But, you know, God bears witness, is a part of that process, never um, turns away during that difficult time. And if we can do that in our human experience with each other, I think that's really a demonstration of, you know, having that ripple effect of being God for each other. Sometimes um, the faith part is what drives us to make that connection. I will trust that spirit will speak through me and Mm -hmm. help me know exactly what to say. Oh, I like that, yes, because you have the faith to just kind of be that channel. Right. I will just show up in the physical form and and let let spirit speak. Mm -hmm. Let spirit tell me what to guide me in how to act and what to do and... Um, and so that way I can be there both on a human level and a spiritual level with that. that person. Now, if I could just remember that. Mm-hmm. You know, just yesterday I was thinking about a friend who has been battling with battling cancer and has been through a lot of treatments, and I was just thinking yesterday how much I miss her and how much I want to, you know, see her and now that she's back in town and... Um, you know, and I did have that that hesitation of, yeah, that'll be really great. I didn't so much worry about what to say, but it just felt like awkward. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not really sure is she ready for visitors yet? Right. Can, how's she feeling? Well, I won't know how she's feeling until I call <laughs> her or go by to see her, right? Mm-hmm. And yes, if I would just allow spirit to guide me in that, I know that when I visit her this week. Yes, that's my intention now. When I visit her this week. That it will be, it will be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can think back. I can think back in terms of my own life. People calling me on the phone at different different times of my life, and I can absolutely feel the calming in my body, and my mind, and my soul listening to their words. And I can say to them, "Man, that was God talking through you." I can absolutely recall those experiences of having people come to me and talk to me. And just getting that peace that passes all understanding that just kind of, you know, everything on the outside is going haywire. But, boy, I'm okay. I'm calm. So there's no reason for that. You know, I, my, uh, hopefully my sisters aren't listening. But, you know, my sisters, they, 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 get, they are very concerned about my, you know, financial situation and, 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 and my employment and, you know, the reality of that. You know, and they see it very clearly. And I'm over here going, oh, it's all going to work out. Somehow I have this peace now about it. And other people are like, you're a nut, <laughs> and I'm like, no, I know it's going to work out, you know. And, and I, and I have that most all the time now about this issue, and I, but I really am aware of when I'm around other people that have that look in their eyes, like, what are you thinking? You know. So sometimes I think we have to also be prepared when our faith is so strong and so certain that other people might come at us with, you're not acting rationally, you know. Exactly, I think because faith is not rational. Yeah. Um, the, another quote that's related to that is actually Martin Luther King okay. Jr. Oh, wow. All right, very good. And um, one of my favorite quotes from him is this one, take the first step in faith. Mm. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. 
you know. And so you're right. It's not always rational mm-hmm. that we don't know exactly what it's going to look like as we take step two, step three, step four. Mm-hmm. We need to be really clear about, you know, have a vision about what we want to see at the end, what's the outcome. I mean, that that's important, and that's for us to to um, to claim mm-hmm. and to envision. But the steps in between, you know, that's where faith comes, taking the first step and knowing that spirit will lay before you or, you know, send your way whatever needs to happen at step two, three, four, and five before you get to step six. And isn't that interesting? Because I think sometimes what I do is my ego tries to lay out all seven steps. Yes. And then when... I get to step three and something different happens than what ego thought was going to happen. Then I'm like, oh, it's over. It's all done. Right. I have failed. I have failed. I or can't believe somebody this. Is or a how could they do it again? Or look at this. It always happens to me. Nothing ever works for me. And so it's almost like the <coughs> ego is like the opposite of faith, obviously. And then when it, when ego fails, ego blames, ego gets shames. defensive, ego shames, ego goes into that shame spiral. And that is, I think, very different than, than faith. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that. Yeah. Well, let's take a uh, very quick 30, 40 second break and then we'll come back and maybe we'll have a devotion. Devotion on faith, yes. Do we have a devotion on faith? We do. All right, then we'll be right back. Encouraging you in your spiritual path, on your spiritual path. Perhaps I should put my glasses on before I read the little tagline there. Well, glasses are good. Encouraging you in your or on your, I guess both. We we are in our spiritual path and we are on our spiritual path. Yeah, just read the devotion. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. This one is called Leap of Faith. She walked to the very edge, put one paw over, then stopped looked down, and backed up. I watched as my youngest kitty walked from side to side of the roof, trying to figure out her best way back down to Mother Earth. I could tell I could tell when she approached the edge she was confident, calm, and ready to jump. But once her paw went over the edge, she seemed to freeze. It was as if when she thought about it, her thoughts blocked her natural instinct to jump. After several starts and stops, she took the leap, flew through the air, and landed safely on all fours. I started to think of all the times my thoughts have blocked my instinct. I have stopped myself from jumping because I have chosen to listen to the fearful thoughts in my head rather than take the action at hand. I have a hunch God is never stopped by fear, but always follows the natural flow of instinct. I realize each time I get to the edge of an emotional, physical, or spiritual change, I have the choice to freeze and back up or trust my instinct and take the leap. My experience tells me when I leap, the result is always a safe landing on all fours. Nice. Do you think faith is our instinct? Do you think we have a natural instinct to have faith? That's a good question, Leslie. <laughs> I feel like it That's a really good question. Um I don't think it's our natural instinct for this reason. So, you know, we've been doing this seven-week series on the quest of Christ consciousness, right? Yes. And so um, I think our natural state is, you know, when we're born and we're just in the beingness and we don't know. It's not that we don't know we have faith. Mm -hmm. We just assume everything is the way it's supposed to be. And that's not having faith, in my opinion. That's just... That's just I am, and everything is here exists for me. It, it, you know, I right. kind of I just know it, but there's not an element of belief or process to get there. And then once I start realizing that there are choices, and I can make choices, yes or no. I can, as you know, 
as Reverend Petro often says, I can choose God or I can choose not God. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and in the science of mind, so much is about you know choosing God mm-hmm. and Christ consciousness in any you know any of the faith practices following the lessons of the Master Teacher. It's all about you know you can choose. So when you know you have a choice, then I think faith becomes a factor. You have to know that there's something other than faith before you can actually say, I'm stepping out, I'm stepping forward in faith. I'm with you. So uh, it's funny, you know, when we made the list of, you know, what our show topics were going to be, I didn't look at the either the seven-week series that was going on, you know, uh-huh, in the last right. few weeks. I did not look at the class schedule in my Inward Journey class. You know, we just sat down, made the list, and said, right. okay, just schedule them. So last week in Inward Journey, the topic was faith. No way. Love it. One mind. Exactly. One mind. Just all aligned. But one of the biggest questions that came out of the class for me in preparing for that last week's class and in the class discussion was this question of is there a difference between faith and trust? And as I listened to you read the devotion, Mm -hmm. you know, it's that, well, if I have faith, I have trust. Or if I had faith, if I was really applying my faith, I would trust that I would land on all fours. Right, right, right. right. And so, you know, I don't know that, there is one right or wrong answer. I think each one of us has to find our own answers and what makes it, you know, work for each one of us. But to me, faith is more akin to belief. It's what's going on in your mind. It's what you think about or what you know. But it turns into trust when I take action. Oh, So, you know, the, the Bible verse that, you know, faith, Without work, faith. There's no faith without work. Is dead. Faith yeah. without works is dead. I know that one. And so it's like, okay, that's how you demonstrate your faith. Whatever action you take, and that's when I know I trust, because what I know, the faith, what I believe, what I feel, I translate into what I do. And to me, that's the demonstration of trust, not just the demonstration of faith. So am I hearing you say that faith is more an internal thing and trust is the action that I take based on the faith that I have? So that sounds so much better than what I said. No, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm, learning, I'm learning as you talk. I'm thinking, well, that makes perfect sense then, isn't it? So you're right. So faith is something that that we then have a choice of that's inside that empowers us to go and live that life. And what people see in our actions are here in what we say. Mm-hmm then demonstrates to ourselves the level of trust that we have in what we believe. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't think that's the, you know, in all and be all. In fact, most of the quotes and most of the things that I read for class really talked about faith and trust being synonyms or really? use them as oh, synonyms. Really? Okay. And I think, I under, not I think, I understand that completely. But for me, personally, it's like I have an understanding that faith and trust could be used as synonyms, but for me in my life, they're not synonyms. And that would be a cool thing for people to go to the website and comment on throughout the week, like, you know, what is the difference or the similarities or how do they think about faith and trust? Because that's really kind of, that's very curious to me. I can remember when I worked with kids that were drug addicts and, you know, they had a big, their parents had a big trust issue with them. And so one of the biggest things in getting it back into recovery and getting the family back into the path of healing was when the kids said, you know, the parents set the guideline to be home at 10.30, and the kids 10.33, and the parent in their mind is all off that they're on the street and high and, you know, out doing what they used to do, and the kid's just stuck at the red light behind a wreck, you know, two feet from home. And so how does that family reestablish trust? Exactly. And that was a powerful thing to watch families go through, and I think we each individually do that within our own world. When we have a traumatic experience, we have to reestablish our faith or reestablish our trust with ourselves and with God, and um, and that's maybe part of the journey. Because I think in some level, 
I don't think I was thinking about faith correctly because I was going to say I think faith is instinctual, but when you said it out like that, I do think you're right that faith is something that we have choice about and that our um, instinct is is something different than that. So. That's, well, that's interesting to think about, too, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about it. I'm sure you and I will talk more about it even <laughs> off the air um, because I, I can kind of get there. You could get me there that our... Our our instinct is to believe in something mm-hmm. bigger right. than ourselves, and so that belief, you know, that we want to trust that it's true. There are certain principles of life, and so in in that sense, um, you know, principles of life, principles of being alive, that that could be faith. But I I love what you what you said too that people who are listening. You know, this would be a great thing to comment mm-hmm. on. That would be very interesting. Just, you know, so as we talk about it or think about it during the week, you know, to post to the the comment section on the show page um, and to just let, let's continue to think about that. It's so deep. We're not mm-hmm. going to, like, answer that question you know, or have, we have a the definitive You and I, Tracy, I think we might. <laughs> here today we'd find the answer oh, in, the, in the next 28 minutes <laughs> it, it will all be solved and we'll never have to put think to about this uh, anymore put to words but nobody can put to words I was listening to uh, Oprah uh, XM station on the way this morning and uh, she has a soul series that comes on in the morning mm-hmm. and there's this wonderful and I can't remember his name I should have written it down but he's a priest that uh you know, now has this really amazing spiritual journey kind of outside of the Catholic Church, but still that was his base of his beginnings. And he had a, uh, a person that he was interviewing on, and they he asked the person, you know, what do you think? Who do you think God is? And the guy said, God is what gives me faith. And um, I wonder, you know, again, that comes back to the question is, you know, that God inside and um, God gives me faith, or then if God is inside of me, if I am living that energy, that spirit is an outpouring from me, then does that mean I am faith? You know, I can live in that state of faith. And Tracy sent me a note that says Bishop Spong, and I think that's it. She's just like a sieve of information. And she didn't even have to Google that. She just knew it. like... Freaky, it just freaky. sounds like something yes, that he would yes. ask, and I think he does have a show on her network. Yeah, he's so. very cool. He's very cool. Yeah. But I wonder, you know, is that faith then new? That makes me kind of think that faith is kind of inside available to us and whether or not we choose to pick it up. So we always talk a little bit about spiritual practices when every week. So if we are committed to saying yes to spirit, to allowing spirit to really, you know, guide us in all that we do, um, we we also need to talk about what are some of the things that each of us do and what are some ideas we have for, for people who are listening um, that will help deepen your faith in order mm. to say yes to spirit. What what are some of the spiritual practices that help you say yes to spirit or help you live faith out loud? Mm-hmm. And we're not going to talk about meditation because we, I mean, except for this comment to say we always talk about meditation right. and we know that meditation is a, a big uh, part, a very key core spiritual practice for anything that we want to do to say yes to spirit. So you're going to talk about something else? (laughs) That was mine. I had a little meditation story, but now that we're not going to talk about that, you go ahead and say something else. (laughs) Well, one of the things that uh, comes to mind for me is um, it really is a spiritual practice to take classes. And and Uh. I I think one of the reasons that jumps out for me is because for 25 years or so, I did a lot of studying, self, you know, self-directed study on New Thought principles and on spirituality, on different religious practices, different faith practices. And I did that on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And it was helpful and it was meaningful and it did strengthen my faith and deepen my faith. 
However, what I've noticed in the last two years is that what I've noticed in the last two years is that taking classes with others makes a huge difference yes. because you're being guided mm -hmm. in your faith by someone who has a different perspective and maybe more experience or at least different experiences than you have had. Right. And I'm I'm exposed to things that I wouldn't necessarily be drawn to mm -hmm. that also have had the effect of deepening my faith. Mm -hmm. So that's one. There are two or three things that come to mind. That's one of them. And um, we have a caller from area code 903. We're going to... Um, take a comment or a question, and maybe it'll be about the difference between faith and trust, or maybe it'll be an example of spiritual practice. Caller from Area Code 903, you are on the air, I think. Yes. Are you sure? Are you sure? Now I'm sure because I can hear your voice. Okay. So what's your Well, comment? hi, Gal. Um, I'm. Uh, it's Tom. Hey, Tom. Uh, hey, I'm. I'm interested if you think there's a. I just hear your discussion on whether there's a difference between meditation and 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 a spiritual practice of silence. Oh. Well, what do you think, Tom? Uh, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that. I'd rather hear what y'all have to say about that. She's a trained <laughs> therapist. Can you tell? <laughs> and I also am very interested, actually, because you, you have some insight on things that make me think a lot of times. Well, I, I do think there's a difference. Um, but but it may be because my my uh, definition or understanding of meditation is, is uh, too restrictive. I think I tend to think it has to be sort of a formal setting, an intentional uh, act, and um, and going into silence uh, can, to me, can just be a, a sort of an effort to just, wherever I am, absolve myself of whatever I'm thinking, and try to think and try to not think, and uh, so it seems different to me, but. I don't know. What do y'all think? <laughs> well, thanks for that uh, question. Uh, that's a really hard and deep, and I'm not surprised to have a deep, deep question from from you. So thanks for that. Let's talk about it, Leslie. You know, when you were talking, Tom, I think that I think of meditation probably as you're defining silence. So when I go into meditation, that's what my intention is, is to usually just be silent and connect. And um, so what I think when I think about uh, meditation, I think how you're defining it, I am thinking of silence. So they would be the same thing to me. But then I think like you're saying, sometimes we have like guided meditations or different meditations that have kind of a theme or or, you know, there's more instruction. I know on Satsang on Wednesday nights, um, Reverend Petra will sometimes lead us or guide us through different things, but a lot of times it is just silence. But usually when I'm meditating at home, it's it's silence. So I'm, I'm thinking that um, it's something similar. In some ways, silence or meditating in silence is one of dozens of ways to have a meditative experience, and so in that sense. But just um, silence and being still, being still opens you up, and, and there are a lot of ways to do that. So sometimes when people say they're going to sit in silence or they're going to go into the silence, they will go into that, and the goal is to silence the mind, even if there's other things going on, even if there's music playing, if there, you know, someone's playing the bowls, et cetera, or, you know, you've got noises or sounds, and they'll just refer to going into the silence in their own minds, silencing their brain. And other people will say, you know, going into the silence, and they really mean they want no sound, no distractions, um, 
but but for me, yes, meditation is so much more than that, and there are so many different ways to meditate, um, which is why I love it. So right, and I think that kind of reminds me. I did ask Reverend Peter a question during Satsang a few weeks ago about visioning, or well, she said the answer is visioning, but I said I've heard people talk about they take a question into meditation and they try to get the answer to the question. And she then said kind of the thing about that meditation is more for that connecting and going into the silence and that um, uh, getting an answer to a question would be more in line with the visioning, which is a spiritual practice, which I don't know that much about, which I would be interested to learn more about, but that that's a separate thing than the meditation. If you have a question, you're trying to go in and get in conversation with spirit and get a connection to having some sort of guidance, that that's different than meditation too. But it's kind of subtle, I think. And I think people do different things, and I think we all call it meditation, where it's probably four or five different things. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm so impressed that I have friends who ask such deep questions. I know, I love that, Tom. Did we kind of answer it? Is Tom still there, or did Tom go away? Um, Actually, Tom is not live, but I can open that line if you want to talk to him. I'm just curious what you thought about all that, Tom. Did you have any other thoughts, or did that... Open up any other ideas for you? Well, it's, I just love to, you know, hear talk about it. Uh, I, I think what prompted it was a month or two ago, someone said uh, over at Unity that Millard Fillmore considered silence the most significant spiritual practice uh, he was aware of. And, and that struck me as, uh, my goodness, that's uh, that's a pretty strong statement. I better find out what silence is. So I'm still working on it. <laughs> well, and, and science of mind, you know, that's why meditation is listed as one of the primary um, spiritual practices that allows us to, yes, really connect in with the God within us, this, that voice, that knowing, that depth of confidence mm. about how to be in the world and we can't get there with all the chatter, mm. not just voice chatter, but the busyness and the, all the things that we are doing mm -hmm. when we're not just being in the presence. Now here's a question, and Tom, you can answer this question. Do you think silence deepens, as we practice silence, does that deepen our faith? Is that a, a way to deepen our faith? I think it's I think it's a way to touch our faith, get in touch with. Oh, uh, I don't know about deep and. Um, I like that thought because our faith is stat. I mean, it's already deep. It's a it's a way for us to touch it. Very good, Tom. Very good. All right, all right. Turn me off. I'll just want to listen from now on. <laughs> no, we're going to make you an unofficial like co-host of the show because you're here. Okay, we're going to go back and make the connection to. Um, I love that connection to how does this, you know, connect with this conversation about faith. Let's take a 30-second break and then come back and do 15 minutes or so. Maybe we can find another devotion and also talk about additional spiritual practices that allow us mm -hmm. to confidently connect. touch and connect our, with our faith. You know, I was going to say one more thing. And you know that uh, say yes to spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. That just reminds me when you were hunting for the uh, music and there was silence. That reminds me why I was kind of a bad therapist because I hated the silence. <laughs> the other person wasn't talking. I was like, oh, let me talk for a minute for you. <laughs> and 
that's not good. Silence is good, Leslie. Silence is silence good. Silence is good. So as we heard from Tom, silence is good. And how does that connect us to our faith? And and how do we, what I was going to say while you were hunting for that was I really did like the idea of faith exists and it's whether or not I am connecting to it. So it's not like I'm going to go create faith or I'm not going to go create God or I'm not going to go create all of that love, that energy, that presence exists. It's a question of, am I going to connect to him? Am I going to make a choice? Am I going to do something through my practice to to connect to what is already is? So this will be a place where you and I are not not in total agreement. Okay, cool. like that. So I believe that God exists. Mm-hmm. That spirit is there, whether we consciously connect in or not. Right. But I don't know that I agree that faith is oh, there. Oh, interesting. See, I'm not okay with silence, but I'm okay with disagreement. <laughs> I like yeah. faith. I love talking about things. So you know, so faith doesn't doesn't exist as an entity, whether or not I'm connected to it or not. The for me, faith is the is what is the connection to spirit that is there. And so faith is something that I do have to do to make that connection or to know that it's oh. there. And so faith and faith and spirit or faith and God are not synonyms for me either. Okay, that's your sense. And on a lot of one of the reasons I know that's going on in my mind, not right or wrong, but just kind of the way I'm processing it is because growing up and I had this conversation, maybe it was someone last week in class, I was having this conversation with someone that, you know, growing up, the word faith really meant religion. So yes. you would ask people, what's your faith? But you really meant <laughs> what church do you go to? Right, right. Or what religion or denomination are you a part of? Mm-hmm. And so we used faith that way as, you know, as, a description of what's your faith? Oh, I'm Christian. What's your faith? Oh, I'm Jewish. What's your faith? I'm a Methodist. Right. And, you know, we're not talking about it in that context. We're talking about it more in terms of belief. What are your beliefs? And they may or may not fit into a box or a category mm-hmm. with the name of a denomination or the name of, a, you know, a spiritual, a set of spiritual practices. And that each one of us, whatever our spiritual beliefs, um, have an opportunity to have faith in that. And is and the faith is maybe the, maybe for me the faith is the bridge from my humanness to that core center, oh, I like that. that expression of spirit, that God. And then the bridge from faith out into what I do in the world is trust for me. Oh, look at that. Now you tied that together well. That's cool. That loops it around, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and even, right, if it's that Uh circle, they're all connected. But in my mind, for whatever reason, they each have a distinct role. And the faith feeds the trust. The trust feeds the faith, kind of in a way, too. Mm -hmm. I agree. That works for me. Now, that uh, that uh, ties into this next devotion that I think really does uh, the one mind thing there, Tracy. Good job. How perfect um, is that? Because I think it's an example of how I can use, when it came to mind when you were asking the question, what do we use to, to uh, experience our faith, and I use my ex- my past experience. And, Ooh, you mm-hmm. know, looking back, and we talked about journaling, and that's such an important tool for me. You're looking back at a difficult time, and when I journaled, and then I can be reminded, oh, that experience worked out. So kind of reminding myself that experiences work out exactly as they're supposed to is another way that I can um, deepen my faith. And I'm even worried to say the word deepen. But anyway, so the title of this devotion I'm moving on, yes, is Perfect Timing. If you don't do the work this week, I'll just have to get my money back. About six months ago, I paid a family member of my neighbor cash to work on my floors. It has been a struggle to get the work completed. I have been sad, angry, hurt, and scared to death that I would never see the work completed and never get my money back. Night before last, he started the work. 
Part of doing the work is clearing out all the furniture from my house. Walking through my furniture-free house feels wonderful. I realize now this is the perfect time to have no furniture in my house. I would never have enjoyed this moment in this powerful way before now. I have a hunch God understands everything has its own perfect timing. I can look back over my life and see things happening when I desperately did not want them to. And upon reflection, I see the timing of each ending up being perfect. Tonight, as I sat in the middle of an empty room, I decided to see all the changes in my life as perfect timing. I imagine as I embrace the idea of perfect timing in my here and now, my entire experience of the here and now will change. I love that. Because I think sometimes we think, you know, this is a terrible thing that's happening now, and if we can remind ourselves of other times we've had that thought, and then we can remind ourselves that it worked out perfectly right, that could give us, that could be a mechanism to give us faith in the here and now. Yeah, so it does feed upon itself. The more you, the more faith you have, mm-hmm. the more you trust it, and the more trust, right. the more you, the more you practice living in faith, demonstrating your faith. Right, demonstrating your faith through that trust. I like that because I'm visual, and so I saw that bridge, you know, coming in in faith, and then that that avenue going out through trust. And I really do think they link up nicely. So there's something that keeps popping into my brain related to all of this and related to this discussion, and it's so you know we're 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 talking about faith, and then this second devotion also re- triggered it for me. What's the deal with? Well, here's the quote that that comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So seeds of faith are always within us. Sometimes it takes a crisis to nourish and encourage their growth. Mm. And so the, the, the piece that keeps coming back to me is this whole reality. I hate to admit it, but it is the reality of, for most of us that so often we don't really polish our faith until we have something that's going wrong or right. something that disrupts our lives mm-hmm. or and sometimes that's really painful, or sometimes it's just inconvenient. Moving all the furniture out of the house is not convenient, but it's part of a bigger process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when my um, brothers, both of my brothers died in 2007, six months apart, and, you know, there were some 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 examples, some situations that came up that really let me see or let me demonstrate how much faith mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. do have or to, or to just observe that faith really was directing my path and it was allowing spirit to lead in ways that I didn't know I had that strong of a faith wow. until something big happened, something that was a challenge. So, you know, what... What is it, and you know, what is it that makes us have to have something bad? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to use the word bad, <laughs> I know, but so from a human perspective, from a human perspective, mm-hmm. it feels bad, or mm-hmm. it feels wrong, or it feels, you know, tough. Mm-hmm. Is it that we can only see, we can only experience our faith because we have to have contrast? I mean, we have to have those things happen that allow us to see how we really are? You know, no, I, I absolutely have always believed that we don't have to have that. And in fact, I've thought about a several, couple of different books over the course of my life. And the title is like, you know, you don't have to die to find God. You don't have to find out you're dying right, to, to find, find God. Out. And I really think that that is an amazing, and again, it's got to be a choice. I mean, um, I... I just don't think that bad things have to happen to find that faith, but it's and that's what I believe, be. and that's what I believe. Mm-hmm. And in like one of my in my top three books of of all time is Parker Palmer's "Let Your Life Speak," and you know based on the oh. Quaker principle of "Let Your Life Speak," that how I live my life every day says what I really believe. 
and what I really feel. And, oh, I and like that. so mm-hmm. I want my life to speak. And because of that, I generally think mm-hmm. that faith is a big driver for me. I listen to the voice of spirit. I'm trying to embody that and show that in my relationships and in my daily life. And still, what I notice is when there are challenging situations, you know, I get greater insights. And what I notice more is that for many people, that's the only time yes. that they step into their faith. Yeah, I was I was actually looking for something in my little book that I write everything in. Reverend Petra said a couple of weeks ago that she had a mentor that said that we can learn just as easily by being healthy, wealthy, and wise. And um, and that really does suit how I believe. But for me, I guess I think it's I think it's some sort of human experience or trauma drama in the past that teaches us that, you know, bad things have to happen. And then um, through those bad things, we get to experience uh, God. And I always think that's, but that's also more of a traditional feeling of, you know, we're experiencing God from the outside coming down to try to heal us or coming down to try to help us and, and uh my faith has progressed and my journey has progressed, you know, now God is inside of me, you know, and so I don't have to have something bad to get God's attention, to give me some attention, but there might be some sort of thinking that if I don't have a broken foot, then nobody's going to come help me learn how to walk, mm-hmm. instead of I can just naturally learn how to walk because I'm supposed to walk. Exactly. Yeah, and that I do think that in many uh, faith practices and many religious um, settings, the, that idea of, you know, something bad is happening to me, and so I'm going to call 911, spell G-O-D, right. that, um, you know, that God serves that role. And when you're walking the path that we're walking, that says that that energy, that love, that all-knowing energy presence is actually within each and every one of us and every living creature, then it it does, I think. It does open the door to have a different walk every day mm-hmm. and to still go within and, and, and have your faith connect you with that and you can still learn lessons. Yes. How to expand, how to grow, how to be more creative, um, what you should do next for the next phase of your life mm-hmm. when you lose your job, what you should do next in the next relationship when, you know, there's a divorce or there's a breakup, and to listen to that voice of spirit mm-hmm. and say yes to it. And that still requires faith, and that doesn't necessarily mean anything bad has happened. Right. And I think also comes to mind the idea that if you get right down to it, most of us are most fearful of succeeding, not really fearful of failing. So. <laughs> You know, somehow we just as a society have given us, or given ourselves these messages that, um, you know, if I'm healthy, wealthy, and wise, you know, I don't deserve that. Or, you know, everybody will be jealous or mad. Or, you know, there's not enough for everybody to go around, so why should I have it and, you know, my, my friend doesn't have it. So there's just, I think that touches on such a deep, deep thing. But if we could just all relax and understand, you know, the same energy, the same light, the same love is in all of us. And there's enough to go around. It's like there's enough air to go around. There's enough good and more good on top of good. I love that. So we're going to take 30 seconds, and then we're going to come back and um, close out today's show talking about faith. saying yes to spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path, hosted by Leslie and Tracy. So um, before we close out today, let's. Um, there are a couple of other things that I thought about that are spiritual practices that really do help us um, to use faith and to apply faith in things that are going on every day and 
We haven't talked that much in the past few weeks about affirmations. Oh, yeah. But the skill of writing great affirmations that claim what you want or who you want to be or how you want to show up in the world and repeating them out loud or writing them on your mirror or mm-hmm. having them on post-it notes in your car or wherever you find yourself around your office are a really, really powerful uh, practice to remind yourself of what is really true and or what you want to be true about yourself. Yes. In 12 Steps, they talk about act as if. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a nice way of saying the affirmations, too. You know, act as if, if you you want to say the affirmation is, I am blessed. Act as if you're blessed and see how that powerfully kind of takes on a, a path of its own. Right, and that, and, and so for me, that really connects the idea, mm-hmm. the thought, with the action. The act as if is acting on your faith mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and really claiming it. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of my one of my favorite resources around affirmations. There, well, there are half dozen books, but thinking about people who are you know listening, and especially if they're listening online, you know, one of the one of my favorite sites is creativeaffirmations.com because on that site they have examples, but they also have little coaching tutorials that help you write a good affirmation. And then they have affirmations in all different categories. So if you're not really skilled or comfortable writing affirmations, you can get ideas by reading through the lists that are on that site. Please and then say the name of that them. site again. CreativeAffirmations.com. Creative, I've not heard of that. CreativeAffirmations.com. You will love it. I will love it. You will love it. CreativeAffirmations.com. Um, and um, we hope that some of you will make comments about resources that you use, or maybe it's a favorite passage in the Bible, or the Science of Mind text, or the Torah, or the Quran, that really help you get in touch with faith and apply faith in your everyday life. And Mm -hmm. we'd be glad to share some of those at the top of next week's show when we are going to spend most of the time talking about meditation. Wow. But it will be so easy to make the connection between faith Mm -hmm. and meditation. So, yes, one of the reasons we didn't talk a lot about meditation I'm today with you now. is because we're going to spend, you know, 50 minutes talking about Very meditation, good. different types of meditation, and how meditation can help you say yes to spirit. Um, so as we close out on faith today, any comments? You know, I, I was thinking when you were talking about all the different kinds of ways we define faith and one of the ways people talked about it in terms of, you know, my faith is Christian, my faith is, uh, you know, defining the faith. Really, it's kind of like faith goes across all religions. It's a component of all the religions have that idea of faith somewhere embedded in them. And so I think it's got to be one of those truths that it just simply is significant to think about and to talk about. And Again, that's the whole idea of this radio show and the whole idea of of um, how I really want to live my life is to get in those conversations about it. And I think faith is one of those words that people sometimes don't use because we think it attaches to a certain, uh, that means I'm a Christian or that means I'm a certain you know way. And, and so um, I know I hate when people say, well, ask me, are you a Christian? And I'm just like, oh, if I say no, it's going to be like, you know, there's going to be judgment behind that. So... I like the word faith. I think we should talk about faith, and I appreciate, you know, the topic, Tracy. Yeah, and I'm right with you that um, I agree. Just like love is something, is a concept that crosses every spiritual practice and the connection that God is, love is in every spiritual practice, you know, just about, and I agree, faith, if we talk about our faith, our individual faith, that that is something that, goes across all spiritual practices as well. So it's probably perfect for us then to end with this particular quote um, as we remind people to join us, of course, next week or join us online and listen to the archives of past shows. Um, Faith, this is a quote from St. Augustine about faith. 
Faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to then see what you believe. Faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is then to see. You believe. Have a great week. Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.